Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. You have your Bibles, turn to the book of Romans, 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 Romans chapter 12. We are in a series called God and Co, God and Company. Uh, how to honor God in your work, finding purpose in your profession. And if you were here last Sunday, we kicked this series off and we talked about take this job and love it. Mm, mm. Somebody say, yes, Lord. I don't know what kind of week you've had, but your week just got better today. Can I have a better amen? Last week, we talked about take this job and love it. The title of the message this week is Whistle While You Work. Okay, how many of you kind of went there in your mind? Yeah, whistle while you work. How many have a hard time whistling? How many have ever tried to smile and whistle at the same time? Can't do it. Um, The song, Whistle While You Work, was written back in 1937 for Disney's very first fully animated movie called, yes, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's interesting to me how this song was made so popular when Snow White was in the cottage of, of these favorite little people of hers, and she's cleaning And so she decides to clean, and as she's cleaning, she starts to sing. And when she's whistling and singing, all of the animals begin to help her. The birds, and the squirrels, and the rabbits, and the deer. How many of you would love, when you begin to sing or whistle, that all of nature just comes and helps you do the household chores? Yeah, only in Disney. Come on, somebody. You know, the thing that we're, we're focusing on today is attitude. Somebody say attitude. You know, what kind of attitude do you bring to the workplace? Attitude is a, it's a small thing that makes a big difference. Nod your head if you know what I'm talking about. Attitude may not seem like much. It may seem like just a little small thing, but I promise you, it's almost like the hinge on a door. You know, the big doors in life swing on small hinges. And some of you have been praying for big opportunities for God to open a door. Well, your attitude is a hinge that can open a huge door of opportunity. Can I have a good amen? And in Romans chapter 12, I know Disney wrote that song back in 1937, but the apostle Paul spoke to it 2,000 years ago. In fact, they stole God's idea. The the idea of attitude in your workplace came right out of the scriptures. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. And I want to construct this message around a single verse of scripture here in Romans 12. The Bible says, never, somebody say never, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Let me read that one more time. Never be lazy. But work hard, somebody say work hard, and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Somebody say enthusiastically. 
two things I want to talk to you about. When it comes to our attitude on our job, in our Monday through Friday, from our nine to five, and I don't want to tell you this, God is just as concerned about your work week as you are about your weekend. He says, the attitude you bring into your work, number one, if you're taking notes, and I love this because note takers are history makers. If you want to make history, you need to jot some things down. Number one, write this down. We work hard. We work hard. Question, do you value work ethic? Nod your head if you value. What is it about work ethic? What is it about hard work that you admire or that you appreciate? Uh, maybe a better question, where did you learn your work ethic? How many of you learned work ethic from either a parent or a grandparent? Let me see your hands. Oh, yes, as I was preparing for this, I, I thought about where I came from. I thought about my grandfather, and I've told you this before, but when I think about hard work, it leads me back to him. My grandparents had five daughters. Some might say, oh, me. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but... When you got five kids, when you have five daughters, you better get to work. You know what my grandfather was? He was a barber. For decades, he cut hair his entire life. And for a dollar a haircut, he raised his children. Come on, somebody say, you got to work. I think about my mother. You know, my, my mom, and, and in fact, as I thought about my family and, and some of the difficult times that we've walked through as a family, you know, after my parents divorced, I watched my mom work two and three jobs. How many of you come from a single parent home? Yeah, and you see how hard your mama worked. My mama would work two to three jobs. Sometimes she would work 16, 18 hour days just to take care of her family. She expressed her love by her diligence on the job. How many of you parents, you want a strong work ethic in your kids? You want your kids not to be lazy, but you want your kids to be diligent. You want your kids to be focused, to be motivated. I want to encourage all of us as moms and dads, model what you want Jesus to multiply. If you want a strong work ethic in your children, then set the example for them to watch. They learn so much better by example than they do by the messages that we try to teach them. And so I I thought about my parents. In fact, you've probably heard these sayings your your whole life. I want you to finish these sayings for me. You get out of it what you put into it. Or what about this? Anything worth having is worth worth working for. Did y'all get that one? Okay. What about this one? You can't expect something for nothing. You know, I'm a little concerned, and I don't want to get on a soapbox, but I'm a little concerned about an upcoming generation that doesn't understand or embrace the value of hard work. There's a spirit of entitlement. Can I go there just for a moment? Oh, sounds like this is something you've been preaching already. Some of you are like, thank you, pastor. It's about time. And I'm not trying to label generations, and I don't even like stereotypes. And I know that there are always exceptions to generalizations that are out there. But I am a little concerned with what our culture is creating and a sense of entitlement that sometimes these children have. They feel like that they should have everything now and not do much for it. 
You know, the, the whole thing about entitlement, the, the word entitlement comes from, okay, I have a title, not necessarily that I've earned, but something that I, I'm owed. Can I tell this to all the young, up-and-coming, bright, potentially great, dynamic students? Can I say something? This world owes you nothing. And please, the loving words of your pastor, okay, in the most kind and gracious way possible. I think a spirit of entitlement is detrimental to your future. The world owes you nothing. I want to tell you this. God himself owes us nothing. We owe God our everything. In fact, I teach our staff, we are entitled to nothing but grateful for everything. Can I have a better Amen. And if we're not careful, we'll buy into this idea of entitlement. I'm just, I'm a little concerned. I want to speak to to the church just for a moment. Stop expecting a full-time God on a part-time relationship. How many of you want God to work hard in your life and in your problems? If you want God to be full-time, I think it's a mistake to be in a part-time relationship when you expect a full-time God. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Mm-mm-mm. You say, well, you're a pastor. Mike, what do pastors do? I mean, hard work. You said that we ought to work hard. I mean, aren't you like a professional Christian? <laughs> Come on now. How many know there's a lot of different ideas out there about what pastors do? I mean, really, do you just work one day a week? I mean, man, I wish I had your job. Come here on a Sunday and just get to speak to thousands of people. What do you do during the week? I mean, you probably just drink coffee every day and play golf with your friends. And mm, 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 mm. Hey, how many of you know we work hard? In fact, our culture here at HPC, we work hard, we play hard. Whatever we do, we go all out, especially when it comes to the kingdom. I think the kingdom deserves and demands your very best. When it comes to lost souls, when it comes to hurting humanity, when it comes to brokenness and pain, it is hard work to bring healing to people that are hurting. And so for us, we talk about giving it our all. We talk about changing the world. And I know this may sound ambitious to you, but I don't apologize for desiring to change the world. I think as a church, God put us not just in this city, but on this map to touch the globe. We talk about being a healing place for a hurting world. That takes work. Tell you this, if you want to change the world, it's not going to happen between nine and five. Come on, talk to me. It's going to take some hustle. Can I have a better amen? Listen, dreams are for free, but hustle is sold separately. Oh, pastor, I got a dream. I just feel a call. I feel an anointing on my life. Well, praise God, but baby, you better get to work. Because sometimes we think God's going to do it for us. And God says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it for you. I'm going to do it with you. Do you see the difference? It's kind of the difference between magic and a miracle. Magic is God doing it for us. Alakazam. You know, just kind of bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Put it on me, Lord. No, no, no. That's magic. A miracle is God doing it with you. It's God involving you in the process. It's God saying, if you do your part, then I'll, I'll promise you, you can expect me to do my part. You see, God requires something of us as his 
people. Here's what I love about what we've even celebrated this weekend. You know, we talk about car prep. (laughs) Can I tell you, car prep doesn't just happen. It takes a lot of work. Somebody's got to plan. Somebody has to prepare. Somebody has to resource. Somebody, I mean, there are so many volunteers yesterday, both here and at Denham. You worked not only 40 or 50 hours a week at your job, but you came to the house of God and you volunteered so that you could add value to just one single mom, one widow, one military wife, because you believe that we can reach the world literally by serving. One. I want you to know your effort means a lot to your pastor. Car prep is a big deal. You know, yesterday we had thousands of people on this property, not just at car prep, but also at baseball. We do sports leagues here. We have over a thousand kids that are playing baseball at the Healing Place Athletic Complex. Over a thousand kids. Do you know that two thirds of those kids and families don't even come to Healing Place Church? somebody's got to hustle. You see, it's one thing to have a dream, but you've got to apply some effort to the God-given dream that he's put in your heart. I met one lady yesterday, and we began to talk, and her son's playing on the same baseball team as, as my son, and she's from Colombia, and she told me, and her English is a whole lot better than my Spanish, I promise you that. She told me, she said, I found Healing Place online years ago when I was living in Medellin, Colombia. I started watching Healing Place Church online and fell in love with that move of God. And I said, Lord, if you could just get me to Baton Rouge, I'd love to be a part of that church. Well, guess what? She got a phone call for a job here in Baton Rouge, left her family, brought her son, moved to Baton Rouge. And this is what she said. She said, Healing Place Church is my happy place. You know what I said? It's my happy place too. Come on. It takes work. Somebody say, we work hard. Mm -mm. You know, on Friday afternoons, I pray with a group of guys, and we were praying. Of course, we lay hands on every seat, and then we walk through the concourse. We're just preparing our hearts and this place for your arrival. And when you come into this house, we want you to sense and experience something different. We pray for every volunteer. We walk through this volunteer room. You know, there were dozens of roses in two buckets And on Friday nights, we send out teams to the strip clubs to give roses to ladies. There's a little card attached to it that says, hey, you matter to God and you matter to us. Setting dignity on men and women and those that are hurting and broken and and depressed and discouraged. I'm going to tell you this, church. It takes work. The scripture says, never be lazy, but work hard. Somebody said, man, I'd I'd love to have what he has. I'd love to to do what she does. You know, it's easy to want what other people have, but are you willing to put in the work that they did to get it? How many of you know, you may see the glory, but you don't know the story? Mm. Now, let me me give you this. i got to run through this quickly. I want to give you some enemies of hard work, okay? There's some enemies, some excuses. Taking notes, write this down. Excuses. Uh, Excuses are the enemy to hard work. Sometimes I hear people making excuses. It's like we have more excuses than a kid at bedtime. Come on, moms, dads trying to put the kids to bed. How many know? They can think of a lot of creative ways to stay awake. You know, excuses will always stand in the way of God's best for your life. How many of you want God's best for your life? 
Excuses will stand in the way. Listen to Proverbs 22, 13. The Bible says a lazy person claims there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. My, oh, my, oh, my. Can't even go outside because there, there, there's a lot. There may be some danger out there. You see, every time we make an excuse, we, we, we step further away from our destiny. You know, I read a sign in the gym the other day. It said this, when I lost all of my excuses, I found all my results. How many of you want some results? How many of you want to see some things different manifest in your life this year? If you forget your excuses, you'll find your results. I read that sign in the gym, made me want to sign up for a spin class. Come on, somebody. (laughs) The other thing, excuses. I want you to see this. These are the enemies of hard work. Shortcuts. Shortcuts. Making excuses, but taking shortcuts. Do you know when I was in college my freshman year, I, I was playing basketball, but I was required to run a cross-country race. It wasn't my choice. It wasn't my decision, but my basketball coach says, hey, we're a little short on the cross-country team. You're a freshman. This weekend, you're going to Alabama to run a cross-country race. I was like, sir, yes, sir. Next thing I know, I find myself on a bus, headed out to the middle of nowhere. You know the Bible talks about the ends of the earth? (laughs) They're in Alabama, I'm telling you. They're for real. The bus pulls up. We're in the middle of nowhere. I get off the bus, and I'm seeing these long-distance runners. You know the the body of a long-distance runner? Yeah, it's long and slender and sleek and in shape. And, man, they're wearing the running shoes and little bit shorts. And I get, off the bas- I get off the bus and I'm wearing high tops and long shorts. My body didn't look anything like theirs. I, I look at what appeared to be the Kenyan national running team. They're all stretching and getting ready. And so I don't even know where we're going, don't even know where we are. I don't even know how long this race is. Coach just told me to load the bus, and I got to run this race. So I got an idea. I said, you know what? I'm stepping up to the starting line, and when the gun goes off, I'm going to run as fast as I can. That way, at least for a short while, I can tell all of my friends back home, I was in the lead. (laughs) So the gun goes off. I took off. I'm as impressed. It's pretty good form. Huh. And man, I'm in the lead, and it didn't last but maybe 10 seconds. And then here the pack comes running past me. I said, well, it was good while it lasted, so let me just kind of settle in here and see where we're going. Man, it wasn't long. My body started talking to me. How many of you, the older you get, the louder your body speaks to you. Things started burning. My lungs started burning. I felt like somebody was stabbing me in the ribs, man. My legs ached. Man, I couldn't see anybody. Man, they're all gone. I have no idea where I'm going. I literally got lost in the woods in nowhere, Alabama. And I'm sitting down on this fallen tree thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna die out here. I heard a sound in the distance. I heard like cheering and applause and life. So I just start making my way toward that sound. And I kid you not, I come up to this clearing and guess what it was? It was the final stretch. And there the lead runners of the race are neck and neck. And so I did what any Christian man would have done. I jumped in that race and start, oh, 
little. And then all of my friends from Louisiana College are like, oh my goodness, look. We had no idea. Look, it's Mike. And I'm running and Ooh, and I stretch across the finish line and I won that race and my teammates came to me and they threw Gatorade on me and they're like, Mike, we can't believe it. I'm like, I can't either. <laughs> and somebody come up, one of the judges from the, the race came up, tapped me on the shoulder and he said, young man, you are disqualified. Who, <laughs> oh, me? I mean, no, I had a good start, had a strong start, had an unforgettable finish. But what did I do in the middle? Oh, come on now, help me preach today. I took some shortcuts. You will never reach the end of your destiny if you're always cutting corners. You see, the enemies to hard work not only are excuses and shortcuts. Listen to this, Proverbs 21.5. Good planning and hard work lead to what? Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to what? Poverty. How many of you, you want to end up in a place called prosperity? How many of you want to avoid poverty? Well, if you're going to reach the destination of prosperity, it comes down the road of hard work. Listen to the, the, the road to prosperity is never straight. There's a curve called failure, a loop called confusion, speed bumps called friends, red lights called enemies, caution lights called family, and flats called jobs. But if you have a spare called determination, an engine called perseverance, insurance called faith, and a driver called God, you will end up in a place called prosperity. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that today. Teach your kids to do it right and to do it right the first time. You see, the enemies to hard work, excuses, shortcuts. The third thing, lazy friends. Ooh. Ooh. Some of you are like, Pastor, did my mama call you? <laughs> Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 3, look at what it says, verse 6, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away. Somebody say, stay away. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives. Now, wait, 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 wait. Let, let me stop right here. You say, Pastor, I know I'm supposed to stay away from the evil and the wicked, but this says stay away from believers. He's talking to the body of Christ now. Hey, church, you got to beware of those who lead idle lives and they don't follow the tradition they receive from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. But what? We worked hard both day and night so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Can I have a good amen? Beware of lazy friends. You know, it's kind of like catching a cold. You know how you can catch a cold from a person? I think you can catch a lazy spirit from those that are lazy all around you. You got to stay in your lane, stay focused on your calling, stay diligent in your spirit, and work hard because your destiny is great. Favor always finds the responsible, but it seems to escape 
the lazy. Paul says, never be lazy, but work hard, number one, and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Number two, check this out. We work hard, number one, but number two, we work happy. Come on, somebody say happy. Say it like you got a little joy. How do we work? We work hard, but we also work happy. The scripture says, serve the Lord, how? Enthusiastically. You know that word in the Greek, it literally means this. It means to boil or to be fiery hot. How do we serve God? How do we work Monday through Friday? We work hard, but we work happy. You know what we do? We bring energy. We bring energy. What are you bringing into the workplace when you show up? I hope you're bringing something that that workplace does not have. They may all have the Monday morning blues, but you got something on Sunday that's with you on Monday. You see, you're bringing energy. You're not waiting for something to happen. You make something happen. You know, one of my close friends, one of my favorite guys, Derek Foster. I love Derek Foster. Big D. In fact, you hear him before you see him. Because he is always fired up. He's bringing energy. He comes to the house of God. He comes here on Sunday, and he's ready to worship. Sometimes during worship, if you hear that, whoo, it's not Ric Flair. It's Derek Foster. And he sits up in that raised seating, and he just causes things to come alive, whether it's Sunday morning service or whether it's 6 a.m. prayer. Come on now. My dad told me this, there are two kinds of people in the world, those who love to get up in the morning and those who hate those who love to get up in the morning. (laughs) What I love about Derek and what I love about so many of you is when you come to church, you're bringing energy with you. You're setting something in the environment. I think you can literally bring change to your workplace if you will take this point to heart. You work hard, that's great, but work happy while you're working hard. There's some enthusiasm, man. There's there's something inside of you that's different than what's happening around you. Don't let what's going on around you drain you of what God has put in you. Are you with me? You see, Ecclesiastes says this, chapter 5, verse 18. Even so, I've noticed one thing. At least one thing that is good. It's good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life that God has given them. How many of you know life is but a vapor? And then we are here today and gone tomorrow. Life is short. The Bible says enjoy your work under the sun during your short life that God has given them and to accept their lot in life. Verse 19. And it's a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. Watch this. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. Now let me finish with one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. For God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. 
What's God describing here? He's describing people who enjoy their work. They're bringing enthusiasm wherever they go. God is keeping them so busy enjoying life that they don't have any time to complain or criticize what's happening around them. God keeps me so busy. You know what? If you're going to be happy at work, you're going to have to be happy on purpose. You can't wait for something to happen to you. You're going to have to decide in advance. I'm not waiting for circumstances. It doesn't depend on what's happened to me. I've decided based on what God is doing in me that I'm bringing something to my workplace. And I'm not going to. Listen, the world didn't give you joy. Don't let the world take it from you. Who's the source of your joy? Where does it come from? Now, look, we sang about the goodness of God today. Has God been good to you? Has God saved you? Has God forgiven you? Has God healed you? Has God set you free? Has God placed purpose in your soul? Has God placed people in your life who love you and believe in you? Has God placed you in a church that's reaching a city and marking this world? Do you have something in your life to celebrate? Well, don't just relegate celebration on a Sunday. Bring it with you Monday. Bring it with you Tuesday. Don't put God in a box. It's time for us to let God out of the box that we've stuffed him in. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that. Listen to this. Let let me hustle. During Thomas Jefferson's presidency, check this out. During Thomas Jefferson's presidency, he and a group of travelers were crossing a river that had overflowed its banks. Each man crossed on horseback, fighting for his life. A lone traveler watched the group cross the treacherous river and then asked President Jefferson to take him across. The president agreed. Without hesitation, the man climbed on, and the two made it safely to the other side of the river where somebody asked him, whoa, 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 wait a second. Why in the world did you select the president of the United States to ask this favor? Well, the man was shocked. He said, I had no idea that he was the president. I didn't know that he was the one that I had asked that of. All I know is that on some of your faces was written the answer no, and on some of your faces was written the answer yes. He was a yes face. Can I tell you this? Church, you are responsible for your face. What is on your face? Look at that person next to you and check them out. Are they a yes face? Are they a sour pickle face? Can I tell you, it takes hard work to frown. They say you have muscles in your face. Did you know that? It takes, I mean, this is scientifically proven. It takes 69 muscles to frown. Some of you are working hard at frowning. It only takes 13 muscles to smile. Come on, somebody smile. You see, what's on your face, this is an outward expression of an inward condition. What is on your face when you come to the house of God? What's on your face when you go to the workplace? Are you a yes face or are you a no face? Is your Monday face different from your Sunday face? Somebody say work hard. Say, work happy. 
I tell the kids, I want to ask the, the, the band to come up. I tell the kids on the way to school when I'm driving them to school in the morning, and I do, I, I whistle, I, I sing, I'm happy, I'm sorry, God. I'm so, well, you know what? I don't apologize for it. I am happy. Nobody in this church is going to out-happy me. I will be the happiest person in the room. What would your life look like if you made a decision to be the happiest person in the room? What, I want you to do that. That's your homework assignment for this week. You are going to be happy. Now, I know you work hard, and I'm grateful for your work ethic, but that's only half the equation. we got to bring some joy into this. I tell my kids every day on the way to school, kids, this is going to be a great day. You know what? Kids, this may be the greatest day of your life. And you know what they say? <laughs> what? Are you, are you crazy? <laughs> Maybe. I am kind of a little crazy. Everybody's got a touch of crazy. Come on. Listen, you think that person next to you is, is normal. Everybody's normal until you get to know them. Come on. Turn your name and say, you got your own brand of crazy. You do. You do. It's not my brand, but it's yours, all right? You have patented your own brand of crazy. It's, Dad, are you crazy? It's impossible. It's impossible for this day to be the best day of my life. And I'm like, why? Well, duh, we're going to school. Can you say torture? Can you say miserable? I'm like, well, why? Why? Why, why can't you decide what kind of day today's going to be? regardless of where you go. Why can't you make a decision? Listen, I've made a decision. I'm going to stop being mean and miserable. Come on, somebody. Don't buy. The world wants you to be mean. They want you to be miserable. But God has marked you with a different spirit. Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Some of you need strength when you show up to the workplace because your work has been draining you. I get it. I get it. I'm not trying to preach some happy, clappy, sing-song sappy. I know the world is tough, and I know some of you are in some hard circumstances. But you decide today, I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to work happy. And you show up to that office and be grateful. Hear me. It's hard to be hateful when you're grateful. And boy, I'm telling you, just a little bit of gratitude. If you turn up the heat, just adjust the thermostat just a few degrees. If you'll adjust the thermostat of gratitude, watch the temperature of the entire environment change. Are you with me? We work hard. We work happy. You know why? Because we have the help of the Holy Spirit. This is it. This is the difference. You and I have the help of the Holy Ghost. That's what makes you and I different from the people that we rub shoulders with. Doesn't make us better. Hear me. The Holy Spirit doesn't help me be better than you. Holy Spirit helps me be better than me. Right? Nod your head if you're with me. I'm not trying to be better than you or the next guy. I'm trying to be better than me. We have the help of the Holy Ghost. And if you're full of the Holy Spirit, watch how this works. You know what hard work is? Hard work is the engine. You know what joy is? Joy is the fuel in that engine. And you know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit makes it all work. And so what would your life look like if today... You made a decision. I'm going to work hard. Done with excuses. 
no shortcuts. Man, lazy friends, they can run in a different lane. Come on, God's got a purpose and a plan for my life. What, what, what would your world look like if you said today, ain't going to steal my joy. That person, that boss, that situation, that meeting, the things that you dread. No, 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 no. I'm going to be inside my own soul. I'm going to start being happy. I'm going to be grateful right where I am because the Holy Spirit is with me. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.